Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins, on a chilly Wednesday in the state of Missouri. Um, awesome to get that little fall crisp back in the air. It's really kind of kind of hurts a little bit when you inhale in the morning outside. It's got that burn in your lungs, and it feels good. Football is officially supplanted in our life at the moment. I con- honestly forgot that the baseball playoffs are even on. So I felt like throwing those on there uh, before the show tonight. But um, we're all football tonight, ladies and gentlemen. NFL Week 7 is here. Crazy. Uh, real quick, we don't we don't talk about college very often on here, but what an unbelievable college season we've really had so far. I mean, some awesome storylines, some teams out of nowhere, including Johnny's Kansas Jayhawks. Um there's storylines all over the place, and this past weekend was one of the best weekends of college football I'd ever seen. I mean, there were overtime games everywhere, possession games, upsets, Tennessee, Bama, the list goes on. Um, and the NFL, no slouch either on Sunday. And, well, Monday was kind of a snooze. But Sunday was a great slate, I thought. We learned a lot. Cannot wait to talk about it with the boys. Johnny and Blaine here with me tonight, as always. It looks like I'm getting some chatter in the chat from these two. I'm interested to hear what they have going on for me here because I haven't been able to read it. But uh, let's start with Johnny Rowe. Johnny, Southwest Missouri, how we doing? Doing great, man. It's uh, another episode of the Figured Out Podcast. And as, as always, I'm happy to be here. Um, you know, with me going to the Chiefs game last weekend, I had to digest the week six NFL slate a little bit differently than I usually do. Um, and so I'm I'm pumped now uh, that it's I've had a couple of days to do that, and I'm looking forward to this week seven. Some really interesting matchups could be some stinky tags thrown around, uh, but nonetheless, it'll be an amazing uh, week of football, and we'll get to it eventually. But I'm really excited about this Chiefs game. It's going to be a hell of a matchup. Blaine. I, you lightly mentioned, so we did the figure it out pod on Jock 96.9 Springfield. Uh, Tennessee was lightly mentioned. That's my team. Chandler was all over Bama. We had a little friendly wager that went on. So I, I had to get that dig, but this NFL slate, I, I texted the, the guys before this. I really feel good about a lot of games in here. Maybe it's the two whiskeys. I had a long business day, had a few whiskeys while I was doing research and we're ready to go, and, and I'm ready to give you some locks. I love it. And we even have a special guest appearing for the first time, I believe, live, live. on the Figure It Out podcast. Johnny Rose, son, Johnny C. Looks like he's chewing on a toy. He doesn't have a care in the world. He's really happy, it looks like. Awesome to have him on the pod. Johnny, is everything for us? Yeah, dude, he, he, he turns one on October 29th. So that's oh, wow. in about ten in ten days. So, man, yeah, if uh, to any of the listeners who have kids out there that are around one, or if you've ever had a kid around one, they're so much fun right now. He is just glued to the screen. Uh, he's been telling me all of his takes. I mean, Johnny's been, you know, he's been uh, gambling over on the Kansas side a little bit. So uh, I'll try to give you guys any pointers <laughs> uh, that he has. For the listeners that that can't see, Johnny C is just sitting in Johnny's lap right now, and it looks like he is a you know full member of the podcast. We just get the view from it from Johnny's computer, and he is smiling ear to ear. It's great. <laughs> it's yeah, great. and I I do honestly think Johnny, you should maybe implement one weekend where you just print out a bunch ah. of logos, 
and you put him on a piece of paper and you let him pick and that's who you bet on. I think that'd be phenomenal content for the pod. We could see what Johnny C, a one-year-old, almost a full official one-year-old, can do against Vegas. So maybe just a thought. Dude, it'd be better than me. Gambling's impossible. I need Yeah, so let's let's do our NFL week six takeaways we've been doing for the last few episodes. Uh, I'm probably just gonna go ahead and make that a staple here on this show. Um, because I've really liked it, enjoyed it. A little uh summation of what we thought we saw we're all three going to have different perspectives as always so um blaine let's start with you i think i went first last week blaine what was your week six takeaway yeah josh allen and patrick mahomes are clearly the two best quarterbacks in the nfl you saw it and you saw problems with tom brady that offensive line suspect i mean he was screaming at him aaron Rodgers also suspect and then Lamar Jackson throws a ton of bad picks late, and there's really no one else. Joe Burrow got hot a little bit, but when you're looking at the NFL, I mean, flag firmly planted atop the quarterback mountain by these two guys and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And it's clear it's for the next five, 10 years, maybe. I mean, it's a hot topic. This rivalry is not going to stop, but those two were fun to watch. Yeah, and I I honestly kind of zoned out for about five seconds, so I don't know if you mentioned this already. Herbert as well, horrible on Monday night. I mean, no touchdown right. passes? Right. Come on now. DraftKings Draft had him boosted yeah. to minus 100 from plus 800, and I was like, man, I'm going to take this. I ended up not taking it, but, man, does DraftKings look like a genius for that. Johnny, your week six takeaway. Just quickly before I get to it, Blaine, that was a great point. And I was thinking about that. If any of the listeners listeners listened to us on live on the radio last Friday, I posed the question to you guys, like, are the Chiefs and the Bills an actual rivalry? It seems like it was very respectful. I still kind of feel that way. But now it's almost – I think you guys were really on to something there, and this is what you, you posed. Both of you said this. Like, this might be the biggest rivalry in football now between the Bills and the Chiefs. I, not so much based off of traditional rivalry history, right? Like Chiefs and Broncos will always be a rivalry. Chiefs and Raiders will always be a rivalry. If Even if one team's, you know, undefeated and one team doesn't have a single win, it's still a rivalry. The Chiefs and the Bills are the best teams in football, and Blaine nailed that right there. And, yes, like I'm convinced now it is a legit rivalry. Uh, my six, week six takeaway is that it's a great time to be a football fan if you're from the state of New York. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are 5-1. and one. The New York Giants are 5-1. and one. Uh, Shout out to Brian Dable for getting those boys going because keep in mind the Giants roster is absolutely decimated by injury. And it's not like it was really talented top to bottom to begin with. Sterling Shepard's out for the season. Kadarius Toney, former first-round pick, is injured. Um, And even when he has been healthy, hasn't been involved. They gave Kenny Galladay $70-plus million. He's injured. And another guy who, um, when he is actually on the field, uh, is completely uninvolved. Might not be that good. And then the New York Jets are 4-2. and And um, we'll get to all all three of – well, I guess the Bills are on a bye, but we'll get to the Giants and the Jets later. But if you're from New York – you know, over the last decade plus, it's been pretty lean on the win in the win column uh, in New York, um, and they're all doing really good right now. So shout out to New York. 
Yeah, I have a really, I have an uncle who is a really big Giants fan. He's from uh, Matawan, New Jersey, which is just south of New York City, I believe. So he's born and raised a New Jerseyan, if that's how you say it, a New Jerseyan. Um, but he's a big Giants fan, and so I'm sure he's buzzing. I know I need to call him. Actually, I haven't talked to him in a while. Maybe see how he's doing. Uh, awesome. Well, let's get to my week six takeaway. My week six, my week six takeaway, excuse me, is uh, and this actually kind of throws a little um, throws a little shit in my face, my own face, and I kind of set myself up for this because I think if you look back at the Figure It Out podcast we did over the summer we did our division previews and we did the nfc south and i do believe that i was weirdly optimistic about the carolina panthers i even was so optimistic about the carolina panthers that i made a bet with jordan turner on their over under wins and we set it at six and a half and i took the over well i don't think that's gonna happen um and my week six takeaway is that carolina panthers are the worst team in the nfl there is not a worse team than them. There is a there is a horrible team every year. So I think it needs to be noted that through six weeks, there is not a worse team than the Carolina Panthers. Inept on offense. Baker's awful. They have one of the best players in the entire NFL. Can't do anything with him. They just had an absolute blow up. Well, let me take a step back. They fire Matt Rule. They had an absolute blow up with interim head coach Steve Wilkes and Robbie Anderson on the sideline. Robbie Anderson's now out of there, which people are making kind of a big deal. I don't think it's that big of a deal, guys. He couldn't do anything in Carolina. I wasn't going to do it in Arizona. The quarterback situation is not that much better at the, in the, at the end of the day. Um, but my week six takeaway, guys, before we get to week seven, the Carolina Panthers are the worst team in the NFL. Carolina ranks bottom 30, bottom 30 in yards per game, passing completions, in so many categories. I have it pulled up here. Offense and defense. It's just, I mean, it it's red. Like, it, from a green to red standpoint, their whole statistical line <laughs> is red. They're so bad. Yeah, it, it was brutal to watch. And I actually don't even, I didn't even really need to watch that game to really understand what happened. I watched bits and pieces of it, pieces of it on red zone. And it was basically just an absolute snooze fest. They lose to the Rams last week in Los Angeles. Well, boys, let's hop into week seven. I don't see why not. It's going to be awesome when we start out tomorrow night, New Orleans at Arizona at 715 on Prime Video. Good luck finding it anywhere else. It is on Prime only. Um, This game is a game matchup that is two very confusing teams, perhaps the two most confusing teams in the entire NFL as to why they – they can't get going and they have two really different reasons in my opinion the saints at the end of the day i think are just insanely banged up i'm not going to sit here and say that Jameis would be some you know i, I don't think they're going to be six and oh if Jameis plays the entire season but i would like to see him get some you know some continuity some fluidity with the guys and you know build over a six weeks some trust and relationships with some of these weapons that they have in new orleans and he just flat out hasn't had the time to do that whether he be injured or his receivers injured. Um, and it's the same on the defensive side of the ball. I'll save this for blank because I'm pretty sure he sent it in in the in the podcast group chat. But um, they nobody's practicing for them this week, and it's a short week already. And as bad as I think Arizona is, D-hop back, 
this is a little contradictory to what I just said. Robbie Anderson provides him with a new weapon because Marquise Brown out indefinitely is the last I saw on that. Um, and James Conner a little banged up too. So probably a good time for Robbie Anderson to be in the desert. I'm going to take Arizona here, I think, um, at the end of the day. Arizona minus two. With, yeah, minus two. Um, short week, too many injuries on New Orleans. Arizona's at home. Johnny, let's start with you, buddy. Yeah, um, Amazon's got some weird matchups. Some of these, some of these games kind of suck on Amazon. I don't know how that stuff works. I mean, just having an NFL game in general is going to make them a lot of money, regardless. Just if even if the matchup sucks, um, I even saw that Amazon bought the rights, and starting next year, they're going to be hosting. Um, there'll be an NFL game on Black Friday. So yeah, the NFL already dominant. The NFL already dominates Thanksgiving, and now they're going to have another game the day after uh, Thanksgiving. And, um, yeah, just awesome there. Anyways, this matchup, uh, I think both of these teams kind of suck, you guys. I, I, You know how I feel about Cliff Kingsbury. I've said that um, all season long. I think he's a fake sharp. Uh, I think he – it has a hard time, gen- you know, he's supposed to be like this offensive guru and it's just not been smooth this season. In fact, I saw that he had a comment that he would be willing to give up play calling duties. I mean, if we're saying that in week seven, it's just done, isn't it? Like, it's just, it's just not a good situation. On the New Orleans side, um, I was against both of you guys before the season. You guys were both much higher on the Saints than me. I was out on the Saints from the very beginning. I, I just didn't understand it. Even with Jameis, I mean, what's the record? I mean, maybe three and three and not two and four. So he didn't move the needle enough for me. Um, but actually, you know, in this matchup with all the injuries on the Saints side, as bad as I think the Card- Cardinals are, um, I think that they can win this game and, and cover the two here. One stat that I will say, the Cardinals have lost eight straight at home. I think that I, like that streak is going to be broken at some time. And with a line this small, only being two points, I think they can cover that here. So um, I'll go Arizona. Blaine? Yeah, I think I'm going to go flip side. I'm going to go New Orleans plus two and a half here. New Orleans has been weirdly productive with nobody offensively. And can they continue? Well, they have continued. And and I think if they get Jameis back here, Alave seems to be healthy again. Obviously, no Thomas, Landry or Marshawn Lattimore, as you guys talked about. But despite those problems, they've been good. And they've been good despite having the worst EPA in the red zone um, of almost any team in the NFL. So they're getting to the red zone a lot. They just sometimes can't put it in there. That says a lot about what New Orleans' front can do. Kamara's been really good, and he's getting a ton of usage. I see them playing on Kamara's hands, using if Jameis is there to, to be able to front that. And I don't trust Arizona at home. I, you know, I, I, I respect your take of saying that sometime they're going to get over the hump at home, but losing eight straight at home clearly says to me that this fan base does not believe in what Arizona is doing. They're calling for Cliff Kingsbury's head. I don't want any part of Arizona right now. I'll go New Orleans here plus two and a half. Love it. Moving forward, Sunday, October 23rd, 2022. Atlanta Falcons go on the road to take on the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati, Ohio. Boys, anybody with a little skyline chili? Would you? If I'm going to Cincinnati, I'm going to have to try it, right? Yeah, you got to try it. 
You got to try it. It couldn't look less appetizing, though. I'm with you guys. I think being a picky eater, especially like at our age, um, I'm a little older than you guys, but being a picky eater is so pathetic. Like, get over yourself, grow yeah. the hell up. Uh, but having said that, you know, Skyline Chili doesn't look that appetizing. But, like, if you're going to go there, you have to at least try it. You can't just be like, no, it looks gross. I won't eat it. Chili yeah, season. Like, yeah. And if I'm like, the Chiefs go to Cincinnati later in the year, like, if we were to go to that game, like, we're all three going to get a bowl of Skyline Chili 100%. But that's later on in the year. We will get to that later. Atlanta at Cincinnati. What an interesting game. Um, Atlanta, scrappy. Atlanta beats up on San Francisco last weekend. Um, one of the most surprising teams, I would say, through the first six weeks of the season, 100%. Um, Cincinnati, on the other hand, I think they're starting to tr- kind of start to figure some things out here. Um they started out slow, maybe a little bit hungover from a Super Bowl loss, because I do think that can happen to teams. Um, and all of a sudden, their defense is starting to play really well. Uh, Joe Burrow is starting to hit receivers, and they're kind of on a little bit of a hot streak here. Um, and this is a really tough game for me because of Atlanta's confidence and ability to run the football. But I am going to take the Bengals here. I do believe that the Bengals um, – just have too many weapons, too many playmakers, but look for this Falcons team to take it down to the wire. And that's why I'm going to take the Bengals to win, but I've got Falcons plus six all day, all day. That actually could be a lock. I'm not going to make it a lock, but you could lock it in. Uh, Blaine. Yeah. Flop lock Cincy minus six. I really like Cincy. Um, Atlanta ranks 30th in the NFL in sacks, and Joe Burrow had four touchdowns last week. Atlanta's not very good against the pass. What does Cincy do well? Throws the ball across the yard. If Burrow can get comfortable in this offense and start chucking it around, you know, if you got Chase, Higgins, or some of these guys, start them in your fantasy league. I think Cincinnati has a chance to go home, score a lot of points. Weather, If weather is good, which it looks like it's going to be, I like it. Like I said, Atlanta, bottom five in the NFL in pass yards, pass attempts against, passing touchdowns. That's one thing Cincy just loves to do. Give me Cincinnati. I'm sorry, Atlanta, but that run is over. Hmm. Boo. I mean, that's awful, Blaine. That is so bad. I mean, that is like – I mean, and let's say you're right. It's so not fun. I mean, the Falcons are fun. The Johnny Rowe Falcons are 6-0 and against the spread, okay? It's hard to find winners in, in, in gambling, and when you've got one like the Falcons, you just keep betting it until the horse dies, okay? And in this case, the horse is a Falcon. And I'm betting yeah. on that Falcon for a seventh time in a row right here. Six is way too many points. The Bengals could win the game, but – um, the, I love the six here. The Falcons have been covering big spreads all season long. Um, their roster is gross. Their quarterback is gross. Their coach's dad, Arthur Smith is Smith's dad owns FedEx. So it's like, you know, de- rich daddy's son is the coach and these guys are just doing okay. They're three and three and they're covering spreads. So I'm going to take him here. Going forward, too, if they can cover this spread, Atlanta's got the easiest strength of schedule remaining in the entire league. So this could be like one of our darlings covering the spread going forward. I will say one thing about the Bengals, though, just season-long perspective. 
they're three and three. If they win this game, they're four and three. The next two games after that against the Browns, against the Panthers, then they go to a bye. So this is a team that could, you know, after starting 0-2 and, and being really shaky in Cincinnati, if they win here um, and then the next two weeks before the bye, they could be going to that bye at 6-3, and three, Blake. As I'm doubling down on this, it, I'm looking, I just pulled it up, Atlanta, 32nd in the NFL in passing yards against, 29th in red zone targets and 27th in red zone touchdowns. 31st in the NFL in completions allowed. I mean, it's at the worst secondary in the NFL. So I, I, I hate to bar, I hate to barge it for you, but I'm going to. Detroit goes to Dallas at noon. Interesting, interesting game here. I feel like even both these teams are in the NFC, and this matchup doesn't happen very often. And if it does, it's on Thanksgiving. No, it's not even on Thanksgiving because each team has their their own two games. Maybe that's why. But anyway, Detroit on the road to Dallas this weekend. Uh, tickets as low as $21. So if you're in the Dallas area, get get yourself a ticket. If you can go there for $20, bucks, i am in. Um, interesting game from Dallas last week. Uh, you know, Philly's really damn good. Um, you can go ahead and say that. But the Cowboys didn't act like the Cowboys of recent, where if they get down big – they kind of have been tending to crumble and fall. They got back in this game, guys. It was a one-possession game in the fourth quarter after the Eagles had pretty much dominated for about, what, 45 minutes of the game? Um, good for Dallas there, showing a little heart. Cooper Rush, uh, looks like his time is coming to an end. Dak will be back. But, I mean, I don't know that Dak's leash is as long as it would have been had it been poor. I think that Dak's had to come back and prove that he can play still at a high level. And he's really struggled to kind of do that. So look for them to maybe go back to Cooper Rush. I don't know. But they're better than Detroit here. Um, Dallas's defense is legit. Um, they have a playmaker in pretty much every single defensive category in terms of secondary, linebacking, and defensive line. Um, it's it's a really sound defense. And they like to run the football with Zeke and Tony Pollard. And, and their receivers can just make plays. I will say this. I heard Colin Cowherd say this, so I won't steal it without giving him credit, but he is so right. They can't lose C.D. Lamb. If they lose C.D. Lamb, I think it's a huge drop-off in Dallas, but we won't even talk about that because you don't want to, you know, jinx anything. Detroit, bad. Um, I think the run, the whole magicalness of hard knocks is over. They're just not very good, Blaine, right? Yeah, they're – I mean, they have the worst defense in the NFL by far. And Dallas has probably the best defense in the NFL through six weeks so far. Why would I ever bet against a team with one of the best defenses in the NFL when I don't know? I'm on Ron St. Brown. Looks to be back for the Lions, but am I going to bet them here? Cowboys at home with their defense against Detroit. They've just been better. You're right. No, this game kind of stinks. I'll go Dallas. I'll go Dallas, too. Uh, I, I, I'm i not giving actual uh, real-life consideration or time to Detroit. Um, it's over. It's just like a fucking circus clown show there. Um, you know, they got embarrassed two weeks ago against the – Patriots and then they're on the bye last week and one of the best things for the NFL and for all of us football fans is when we don't have to pay any attention to Detroit. Detroit being on the bye is the best week of the entire season um, because I'm just sick of of like 
and I feel bad for their fans. So I just, that's enough about Detroit on the Cowboys side. You guys hit everything. Um, if there was one hilarious thing that could happen to uh, the Cowboys fans. And obviously, you know, if you're a Cowboys fan, you're like a Yankees fan and a Real Madrid fan and a Lakers fan. Um, if Dak were to come back after they paid him a bunch of money and just be horrible here, it would be music to my ears to just hear the Cowboys fans out there being like, see, I told you Dak's not the answer. They should they should put Cooper Rush back in the game. That's who should, that's who should be the quarterback for the for them Cowboys is good old boy Cooper Rush. I would just love for something like that to happen, but I'm not gonna bet against them here. I actually don't like betting on lines this big on the on the minus side. I love it here for, for the Cowboys. Indianapolis goes to Tennessee in a battle of the AFC South in Nashville. Uh, Indianapolis, big win last week against the Jags, a team that kind of weirdly each team owns the other at home, and this proved to be uh, a safe assumption this past weekend with them beating the Jaguars 34-27. Matt Ryan, uh, does he just have to throw the ball 40-plus times to like be decent or – what I don't know, but I'm still not going to buy in. It's one week. Um, I I just remember anytime I think of the words Matt and Ryan together, I think of freaking Indianapolis versus Denver, and I can't get that out of my head. I mean, it was two of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life in the NFL. Um, Tennessee coming off the bye, I believe. If I get a confirmation on that, I believe they're off the bye here. Um, I think. They might be onto something. I think they're going to run the absolute shit out of Derrick Henry. And I think we even talked about this two weeks ago before they went on the bye, um, what their keys to, to success were. And it it just totally is. It, it, it falls all on Derrick Henry. And I think he's ready for that. I think he, you know, I think I do think he started a little slow coming off the ACL, you know, maybe not trusting it 100%. I think he's 100% back. Tennessee's the better team here, which is kind of weird to say because I still, Johnny has me sold 100%. They're still not that good, uh, but they're better than the Colts, and they're going to win. Johnny? Yeah, I think the Colts are going to win this game, Chandler. Um, and the, the Titans have won four straight against the Colts, and uh, I think that streak ends here. Uh, both of these teams are not very good. Uh, that's, keep in mind, you know, the Titans are three and two. Their three wins have come against uh, the Commanders, the uh, Colts and the Raiders. So I think the Colts, like, you know, it's pretty often that bad teams like this split the season series yeah. um, and getting two and a, two and a half points is a line that I like here in the, on the Colts side of things. I saw that uh, Darius Shaquille Kawhi Leonard practice today. <laughs> John, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor practice today and Naheem Hines all practice today. So they're getting healthier. And I'm just going to go uh, with 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 the Colts here. Um, but sounds like you guys are going to be thinking differently. And it's just – I think we can all agree on this. Uh, this is a matchup of uh, teams that, you know, th- that are going to win the AFC South and be that team that hosts, like, the 2 o'clock Saturday wild card round of the playoffs or something like that. Like, this is going to be – like, that game every year that was always, uh, like, Andy Dalton on the Bengals against the Texans – on Saturday in the playoffs that we had for like four straight years. Yeah. This has that kind of feel. 
I, I kind of feel strongly about this game just because Matt Ryan had the game of his life last week, and it is not going to happen again by any means necessary. Tennessee minus two, love it. I mean, Chandler, you said it. I love the fact that, it, like, is Matt Ryan going to throw the ball 40 times? He threw the ball 58 times last week. And what do the Colts rely on? Jonathan Taylor running the ball well. Tennessee held Jonathan Taylor 40 to 42 yards last time they played. They're going to do it again. Matt Ryan can't do that again. Offense scored four of their six touchdowns last week. Indianapolis has only scored six touchdowns to the air last week. Are you, are you, are you kidding me? Tennessee's going to be able to limit that. I don't love it. I, lo- I hate the fact that Tennessee's O-line is a little banged up, but I just I'm really bought in on Tennessee off a of bye. I think the culture frauds have won a few games they shouldn't have. I'm all in on Tennessee winning five straight here against Colts. I love it, Blaine. As a matter of fact, that little spiel right there, that little rant, you got a little juice under you, son. I like that. You bring in the E tonight. I really like that. Tennessee. Tennessee is going to beat the Colts, Johnny. You just watch. Blaine and I will be right. Moving forward, Green Bay goes to Washington to take on the Commanders. I, for some reason, had in my mind that this game was in Green Bay. Uh, I'm now all of a sudden changing my thought process on how I want to break down this game. Commanders are bad. Uh, The Commanders are not very good. Um, But I will say this. For some reason, I kind of like the Taylor Heineke starting against the Green Bay Packers for some reason. Green Bay is more the story here for the Commanders. We know what we're going to get from them. It's just going to be ineptness. And they might be able to slop around and maybe be within a score or two at the end of the game. But Green Bay has this weird thing to me where they like don't really have that Green Bay grit and like desire and like tough. And they just kind of see like the Giants game, for example, like that was a tough, gritty game. They just kind of got out gritty. Like they're the better, they're better than the Giants, but like, with Aaron Rodgers' attitude and this defense, quite frankly, underperforming, um, I don't really love the chemistry of this Green Bay Packers team. And it's Green Bay minus four and a half at the Commanders. I don't want to do it because if I do it, the Packers are going to come out and freaking boat race the Commanders. So, um it's tough for me. I'm going to pick Green Bay to win, and I'm going to take the Commanders to cover. I've been pretty successful with that, I think, of late, and it's a safe way to to play my cards here. Uh, Blaine, what are your thoughts on this game? I love that. I'm going to – I have highlighted, so I'm going to stick to it. Green Bay covers, but, you know, it's just thanks. Taylor Heineke is going to be playing here. Carson Wentz out for however many weeks. Last time Taylor Heineke played, hell, he almost won a playoff game against Tom Brady. And was pretty good throughout some years that that he's played. But Green Bay can't get the rushing game going. They can't get anything offensively going. Washington has a top five um, defensive line, top five linebacking core. Their box is good. So they're going to just blitz. I I think they're going to blitz the hell out of Aaron Rodgers and make him try to do something. And I don't love that for Green Bay. But I don't love Washington. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take the under. (laughs) Ah, Great idea. That's a great idea, Blaine. Johnny, what's up, man? 
Yeah, this one is really tough to gauge. Uh, good call by Blaine last week. Uh, um, I don't know how much he believed it. it my wife's filling up my water. That's what that sound is. I don't know uh, if Blaine like really fully bought in, but he said it. He picked the Jets. Oh, did we lose Johnny? We got a freeze. He's we got saying a big I- freeze. Yeah, he was saying I picked the Jets, which I did, but I don't know where he's going with this. I think it's like Green Bay might be frauds. I know, too. I know that you said that. I'm not taking any credit away from you. But I swear that earlier in that week, I was talking about Zach Wilson and the Jets, and I was getting a bunch of crap, and you had said, dare you to take them on Wednesday to me. And I did as well. That nope. is what happened, Blaine. No, nope. on the Figure It Out pod and Friday night, I both took the Jets because of younger brother Mike LaFleur. Oh. Over Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur's been bad with Green Bay so far this year. That I mean, like they have been. But I'm, I, I'm I, not... I Zach Wilson was 10 for 18, and that's how they won. They didn't win the game because of Zach Wilson. And there I, I got it later here in the show, and we'll talk about the Jets. But I I still can hate Zach Wilson, and I can still take the and, and still take the Jets. There's there's a little disparity. No, I agree with that, and I wasn't saying that you didn't take the Jets, but there was some discrepancy earlier in the week. But I get we lost Johnny, so we'll we'll just continue this on. Well, one final thought that I had: I think Taylor Heineke, with the weapons that the Commanders have, right. I think that he that better suits him. Quick games, getting it out fast. McLaurin is great on slants. Dodson, if he plays, great on slants. He can distribute the ball a little bit better. Wentz is a down-the-field type of thrower. He wants to get the ball down the field now. I don't know why, but he has a much better deep ball than he does that short-intermediate route. And They might unlock something, maybe, and Green Bay better be ready to play. Yeah, but when you're looking at this, I'm looking at Green Bay. Green Bay, really good against the pass this year. I mean, we were talking a lot about this game, but they are number one in the league, passing yards against to defend it. And, well, you know, Taylor Heineke with that offensive line, you saw how bad that offensive line was in that Thursday night football game. It was horrible. I mean, it's a it's a picket fence that's broken and been weaved through multiple times. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I, I really don't. Commanders, get the ball out fast. Moving forward, uh, I'm going to go ahead, before I even introduce the matchup, I'm putting the stinky tag all over this game. Tampa Bay goes to Carolina in a battle of the NFC South, um, and both teams wildly inept. I I don't know why. um, I really really don't understand why either. I don't know why Tampa is. Um, And – I know everyone talks about Brady and I get all that, but like, you don't know what's going on. Like what I just, I can't figure it out. And when I look at this game, guys, it's weirdly, weirdly, this weirdly similar to Tampa Bay going to Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh, we thought was down and out a bad team and Tampa Bay walked in there and they weren't ready to play and they got their butts kicked. They got to go back on the road. They got to play, go to Carolina, a team that has a bunch of, of this distraughtness i guess and just a lack of uh, of anything positive what better way to beat your rival than to knock off tom brady and the tampa bay buccaneers this weekend um i don't believe that tampa bay is just clicking right now their defense is good i'll give them that but i just don't i their offense brady doesn't look comfortable that offensive line 
Um, you know, it has been under some serious scrutiny. It's Tampa Bay minus 11. I'm taking Carolina plus 11, and I know it's a little controversial to my uh, week six takeaway. Um, I might pick them to win, Johnny. Good to have you back, too, buddy. You Everything okay? <laughs> Whoa, Chan. That's big. Yeah, I'm good. I, I don't know what happened. I was just in the middle of my take on the Commanders and Packers, and I just got booted. So, um, All good. Just for the integrity of the podcast, I would take Commanders plus four and a half there. In this game, gross. But I'll take Tampa Bay minus 11. Uh, Carolina is actually the worst team in the league against the spread this season. They are one in five against the spread. Robbie Anderson's gone. That's probably good for their team. But with P.J. Walker starting, I I can't do it. I saw that they um, they activated uh, Sam Darnold off of the IR, so they've got three weeks to decide if he's going to come back and play. But this is a team that's reeling. And really, I think that they're fully bought in to getting the number one overall pick now. So I'll take Tampa Bay. I mean, you you got to bet 11 some way here. I, like – if you're betting the spread on this, you might as well just be tossing your money into a you know pile of 50 people and seeing who gets it. Like you have no, there's no way that you have an idea of where this is going to go. I'm not betting the spread. I mean, I'm not betting this game at all. I'm staying away from it completely. Carolina, like, like you said, with Robbie Anderson leaving, maybe that opens it up. That locker room's a lot more free at home. They try to get right. Tampa Bay's kind of in turmoil. But I mean, if anywhere, I got to go Tampa. I just, I really don't have anything to say about this game. It, it just kind of is a weird one that sucks. Yeah, I saw. Uh, did you guys see this? That um, PJ Walker only completed one pass last week that went beyond the line of scrimmage, yeah. and it was a, it yeah. was one, it was, it was one yard, like it traveled one yard. I mean. I know 11 is a lot of points. How are, how are they going to score? I, if they put the ball in McCaffrey's gut and let him run 30 times, like Tampa is going to be like – Tampa will just sell out and force P.J. Walker to throw through them. I just don't think that's possible. No, you're completely right. They have the worst offense in the NFL by a country mile. I mean, they're bottom 25 in every statistical category on the offense – they're bottom 30 in red zone conversions. They're bottom 30 in touchdowns, bottom 30 in just about freaking everything offensively. Tampa should roll, but weird game. I'd like to admit that I forgot about P.J. Walker. Moving forward, New York Giants at Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend in a game of scrappy, gritty teams. Hell, I think both of these teams have more grit than the Packers do right now. Uh, both of these teams want to win games. Uh, they just really – one team knows kind of – it seems like knows how to win games and the other one doesn't. And that is why I am big on the New York Giants this week. I think that could be one of my locks of the week. I'm not even kidding. It looks like I might be going head to head with Blaine here. Um, the Giants are just finding ways to win football games. First off, I really like what they're doing on defense. And this team bought has completely bought into Brian Dable, which is awesome to see. I'm actually glad that it worked. Or it's currently working for him. I think he's a really good, uh, I think he's a really good guy around the NFL. Um, this Giants team, man, they're frisky. They, I think they figured out 
that they need to use Saquon. Um, Dayballs came in and completely up. I mean, I don't remember Saquon. I know he's been hurt or whatever, but like even when he was healthy, I don't remember them using him this much. I think it's great to see. I I'm really confident in the Giants here. I think they get after Trevor Lawrence. The Giants defense forced Lamar into some seriously bad decisions. And if you can do that against Lamar, why could you not do that against Trevor Lawrence? They're going down there into the good weather, the sunshine in Jacksonville. Um, on The Giants are just a better team. I'm all over New York here. Blaine? I think I'm going Jacksonville. Jacksonville, I mean, when I, this is the way my brain thinks. Jacksonville should have beat Indianapolis by two scores last week. I mean, they just should have. Indianapolis squeaked out some big plays with Matt Ryan. I was just sus, very sus. Jacksonville has a really good front and a really good linebacking core. Now, it hasn't been very good over the last two weeks, but New York has one of the worst passing offenses in the NFL. So, what is Jacksonville going to do? Load the box and try to make somebody over Saquon beat them. I mean, if you can limit Saquon, you beat the Giants. The Giants had no business beating the Ravens. They were down two scores in the fourth quarter, and Lamar Jackson made some horrible mistakes, horrible, horrible mistakes. Jacksonville's offense is powerful enough to get up early and have that lead that Baltimore, frankly, couldn't because their offense sucks. But, you know, with all that being said, I think I think this is a uh, – I hate the get-right term, but Jacksonville is a better team than New York Giants. I, I, I just think Jacksonville at home beats the Giants. Giants' run is not over. It's just going to take a little dent. Yeah, like with the Giants having five wins, um, you know, like it's – they haven't had – it's pathetic, but they haven't been winning like this for a while. The Giants haven't won six games in a season since 2016. I mean, this is a team that's lost a lot of football games over the last six, seven years. So um, what does Vegas know here? Because everybody wants to pick, like, the Giants here, it seems like. But Vegas just knows, like, home team here, three points. Everyone's going to be on the Giants. Like, I don't know. To me, this feels like a I, – I want to go Giants here, but for, there's something that's making me want to say Jacksonville. But here's what I'm going to do. I disavowed the Johnny Road Jags last week. Oh, and I will not you. be and I will not be falling back into the trap. So I'm going to take the Giants plus Woo! three here on the road. Um, because it's all about the Johnny Rowe Falcons right now. So the Jaguars are dead to me. Go Giants. Yeah, Guys, for- one second, one second. Like I feel really strongly about the Jags here. I don't know, I don't know what's in the me. I don't, but just take it to consideration of how strong I feel for them. I'm sorry to be contrarian, but I want to be it here. I, I love the Jags. Forget the Johnny Road Jags, Johnny. They're dead. They're dead oh, to us. They're man. dead to the pod. Giants all day. AFC North battle. Last game of the 12 slate. Feels like we're moving right along at a nice pace, boys. Well done. Everybody's prepared. That's what we do on the Figure It Out podcast. Cleveland goes on the road to go Baltimore to go to Baltimore, excuse me, to take on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I was, I think it was last week. It might have been the week before, but I was big on Cleveland and they've been letting me down. Um, I don't really 
outside of Chubb, they really don't have anything that can wow you. I know it's Jacoby Reset, and that's why I think I'm all over Baltimore here. Um, Baltimore is going to get back and get right. I mean, they, I, at one point of the season, they were like, they had two losses in a trail for like a total of 14 seconds. I mean, this team is just like finding new ways to lose in the fourth quarter. Uh, Baltimore minus six and a half. I think that's, I think that's a very safe bet, in my opinion. Baltimore to win, Baltimore minus six and a half. Johnny, what do you got for me? I try to find like one or two of these rando in-depth stats per pod, and I found a good one here on Baltimore. The Ravens are the first team. I don't really know what this stat means, by the way, but it just sounds cool. The Ravens are the first team in NFL history to hold a double-digit lead in each of their first six games and not have a winning record after those games. I don't really know what that means, but it just sounds it just sounds to me like they're they're having a hard time holding on to leads, right? And so I don't think if if Baltimore's up big, I don't think they can run their way back into the game and that's what they do the best. I don't think like I, Jacoby's not going to throw them back into the game in my opinion. So I like Baltimore minus six here. Um, the AFC North is kind of a disaster. Uh, Baltimore and Cincinnati are three and three Cleveland and Pittsburgh are two and four just feels like the AFC North. And uh, one thing on the Cleveland side that I think is actually a really big deal is that uh, it doesn't look like Wyatt Teller is going to play. So a big loss on the offensive line there. Give me Baltimore uh, minus six here. I'm going to make it a best bet of the pod Baltimore minus six. Um, The Browns have allowed the, the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL through six weeks. That's a huge stat. When you're looking at what Baltimore does well, now they, they've been okay. I mean, I guess, I guess they've been bad, actually. They're allowing the 24th most yards on the ground um, and the 32nd worst touchdowns allowed in rushing. But I digress. Baltimore's rushing defense is good. Cleveland's rushing defense is bad. Both of these teams want to run the ball. Why would you go away from Baltimore? Simple as that. Really well said and nice, good use of the word digress. Really well done. Moving forward to the 305 slate. First game of the afternoon slate, the New York Jets go on the road to take on the stinky, shitty, inept Denver Broncos. What an unbelievably bad performance on Monday Night Football. Good God. I mean, the Chargers will get – We'll get to them here in a second. They wanted Denver to win this game. They gave them ample opportunities throughout the fourth quarter, throughout overtime, and the Chargers just kept figuring out ways to make this offense look worse in Denver. Um, It it, it just needs to be reiterated maybe every week on the pod because I think we've done it every week. But Johnny has nailed or hit the head on the nail. I always get this mixed up on the pod. I don't know why. I hope I got that right. But – Teams just know. Seattle knew. Seattle knew that this guy is just a boner, and he is like it. I can't even find a way for people to root for him. Like, I don't think anybody is rooting for this guy right now, and that includes his teammates in Denver. I think this game is insanely ugly. I think it's a really, it's like a stinky game without being stinky because somehow Denver is so bad with so much preseason hype that like they're almost like must watch TV. Like you almost want to watch 
to see how bad they are. Um, Jets win this game, guys. Jets win this game outright. Um, and it could be like 12 to 9. It really could. Blaine, what do you think? <laughs> Broncos win this game. Oh my god! I, uh, something about me here is the just Blaine Hackett's. Yeah, no, not at all. Because I'm totally not bought into the Broncos, and I really have a hard time being bought into the Jets. I mean, the Jets—they they they beat the Broncos or they beat the Browns, right? Browns scored thirty, lost to the Bengals. Bengals scored twenty-seven. They beat the Steelers. Okay, Steelers scored twenty points. Whatever. And then Dolphins, Packers, like you, you, you Dolphins with the backup, backup quarterback, Packers with the horrible offense. I mean, you get Broncos here with another bad offense. Their D line, their defense has been really good because they haven't freaking played an offense worth a shit. And whenever they have, you know, they're allowing a lot. And as I'm just diving into this, I really don't think the Broncos are going to allow Brees Hall to do what he's been able to do this year. And I definitely don't know, don't think that the Broncos are going to allow Zach Wilson to have any kind of movement of the football. Broncos can go one-on-one on the edge, go the box, stop Brees Hall, and make Zach Wilson beat them. Broncos at home. Zach Wilson ain't winning this football game. You get one point here. Broncos are the better football team and roster, right? I, I just truly believe it. Jets are hot. Don't let that get to you. This is the NFL. Broncos win this football game. Zach Wilson sucks. How do you go from one week picking them against the Packers to now picking them to lose to Denver? I'm a sharp, baby. That's what that, you got to be that way in the NFL. Ew. Well, Johnny, please save me. I really am banking <laughs> on Johnny here. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I again think that's terrible from Blaine. I, I, oh, something's in that. Something's in that whiskey from Blaine that he's drinking. But um, okay, a few things to unpack here. This line opened at three and a half. It's down to one on on the Broncos side. Um, so people like the Jets here. I, I just. There's so much bad going around Denver, right? Like the whole rest thing is very weird. Um, everyone knows how much money he's got. The whole corniness is on full display and it's terrible. Did you guys see the story that Marshawn Lynch said on the Richard Sherman podcast about how teammates and ex-teammates like Richard and Marshawn have to go through Russ's business manager to set up a phone call with Russ? What, what, well, where does this bad. guy I mean where does this guy get off he's you know, not like on he, earth no I mean he's multiple personality disorder I don't know if like Sierra is like manipulating him behind the scenes because like remember when he first came out of college Wisconsin NC State like he's just like this poorly dressed goober like I mean goober's the word like he's just like a goober like the guy like he's like the the, the leader at church camp like that yeah. was who he was. And now he's like multiple personalities, married to Sierra, like raising futures kid, dresses like all kind of like swaggy black guy and like Mr. Unlimited has like 12 bathrooms in his house and like makes his teammates go through a business manager to even talk to him. And you can just tell like the sideline can't stand this guy. The sideline can't stand the head coach. Melvin Gordon after the last game was going on Twitter 
and liking tweets about how he should be traded today. Nathaniel Hackett said that he had a great talk with Melvin and he will start this game. Like Melvin's a veteran in this league. And like it, there's just too much Blaine, honestly, for me to bet on Denver here. Like, and there's on the other side of things, you know, I'm with you, Blaine. Like I think Zach Wilson's, I don't think he ain't it for me, but there's so much going on with Denver and so much good going on for the jets that I just, I want to bet the jets here. And I've got more guys, uh, (laughs) <laughs> that I wanted to say the Denver defense is like Me too. is playing amazing. The Denver defense is incredible. They've allowed six touchdowns all season and the Broncos are two and four and they legitimately have the worst on a points per game basis offense in the NFL, like 15.2 points per game. I mean, I, this Jets defense is good. Sauce Gardner, kudos to Chandler for picking him as his defensive rookie of the year. passer rating in single coverage this year. That's best in the NFL. Like I, I, I hate Denver. And so I'm trying to remove that from this take Blaine. I just, I love the jets here on this bet. Um, And I, I want to hear if you've got more. No. Yeah, no. I, I I think I was looking at the numbers a ton here with this game because just New York, if they're unable to score, I just think the Broncos at home here could, but I didn't take the emotional factor into it by any means. And I was, I was scrolling through Twitter today. I was scrolling through Twitter yesterday. And there's a video online of Jerry Judy and Melvin Gordon literally on the sideline together. Like just basically you can't hear them, but if you're reading sign language or body language, or if you can read lips or whatever, it's definitely saying fuck Russ in some sort of manner. Like those guys are totally out on Russ. And that gives me a lot of confidence for the Broncos going forward that they're not going to be a factor of the Chiefs. But I don't I man, I, I really just Broncos at home here. I I don't know why I pick them, but I'm I'm gonna just stick with it. I picked I, I just went down my my schedule here i picked eight straight favorites and that should maybe mean that i should flip and go jets here so no we don't want you on uh, our side after you did all that no you can't you can't you <laughs> yeah. can't do it but for as much of the bad on the denver sideline there's equally like as much good on the jets sideline right. these good guys point. are all bought in quinnon quinnon williams is playing amazing at the three tech for the Jets, C.J. Mosley is playing well. Like, this defense is flying around. Vegas knows, too. You guys are right. Vegas knows. The over-under is 38. Vegas knows it's going to be a low-scoring game. But if I'm give, if I'm being given any points on the Jets' side, I just want to take that. Robert Sala could kick Nathaniel Hackett's ass. That sure. matters to me. So, uh, and did you guys see this? The, the Denver defense held this Chargers offense on Monday to what the 17 points or whatever it was like, that's a really good effort against this Chargers team. Uh, Russ was three of 11 for 15 yards passing in the second half, 15 yards passing against this Chargers defense. No Bosa JC Jackson got benched and his bottom three in the league in points per game. I mean, and you guys saw the videos too, like wide open receivers over the middle. The only touchdown that they got was on a blown coverage by J.C. Jackson, which factored into him getting benched in that game. We'll get to the Chargers, but it's it's so bad in Denver that it would just be not fun to bet them here. We're going to stick in the AFC West as Las Vegas hosts Houston in 
Vegas, the Raiders, one and four. And I don't think any of us would disagree. They are the best one and four team in the league um, by far, in my opinion. Um, there are a few plays here or there from getting a huge win at Arrowhead going into their bye. They're coming off a bye here facing Houston. I'm all over the Raiders here. Won't even spend that much time about the Texans, really, because I think this game is all about the Raiders. And I really, I think it can get really ugly here. I think the Raiders hit some sort of stride a little bit on that Monday night showdown with the Chiefs. And unfortunately, I love them this week. Uh, is it Johnny? I think it's Johnny. Um, I was in the chat there. You're talking about Texans Raiders, right? Correct. Okay. Another big line here. I think, yeah, the Raiders are so much better than one and four. I like them here. I think, I think Houston sucks. Um, one other stat, though, I, I want to hear what you guys think about this, if this matters at all. The head ref is John Hussey in this game, and he's officiated the Raiders six times in his career. The Raiders are 0-6 in huh. those games. Like, not against the spread. They just have never won when he has been the head ref. So um, I want to know if you guys think that means anything. Uh, the Devontae Adams is going to play in this game. He's, like, still battling that misdemeanor assault, which is the softest thing in the world. Blaine, I got to hear you talk about that. Shout out, Willie Gay. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Jacobs looked great for the Raiders. Um, hopefully, you know, he's in the contract here, so I, I expect him to run all over Houston here. And, uh, yeah, I'll take Raiders minus seven. It's, yeah, seven's a lot here, but the Houston has the – just their offense sucks. And Vegas at home. Vegas off a bye, right? They went to a bye after Chiefs. So, like, Vegas off a bye, they're really good. I Like, we truly believe that Vegas is, you know, right now maybe the second-best team in the AFC West. Houston is at the bottom of the AFC. When you're looking at a point spread, seven's a lot. But when you just factor that in and you toss it up, like, you got a bad Houston team, a – Vegas team that has a lot to give, you know, I, I'd have to go Vegas here with the points. I don't want to, but I'm definitely, you know, I, I think I'd definitely add it to a parlay. Yeah. Do you think that matters, Blaine, the referee thing? No, no, I don't. I, it, it, who knows what games? It could be like Chiefs for three of the six, you know, whoever, whatever it may be. Matchup-wise, it really matters, but fuck, I mean – it is crazy, though. I mean, 0-6. That's that a is, great stat. That's a yeah, phenomenal stat. Really well done on the stat, Johnny. I mean, that is a clutch <laughs> stat, no doubt. Um, are we ready to move forward? Anybody have a final thought on the – Johnny? I, I do, actually. Yeah, okay, real quick. Just the NFL trade deadlines first weekend – first week in November. It's like, what, November 1st, I think. Um, names are being floated out there and and we'll get to more of that on the chiefs game. Just one name that I, I saw like one tweet about this. And then I started brainstorming. Would you guys trade for Brandon cooks? Yeah. Two years mm. on his contracts. Two, so two years on the contract still before there's an out in the contract this year, his cap hits $9 million. Obviously that's, that's not going to be, but obviously it's going to be less than that because some of that's already been paid because there's been six games and there might be a seventh or an eighth before it happens. Um, and so, you know, factoring all that in maybe is maybe the cap hits only like four, 
60% of that. Um, and then next year, his cap hit is ridiculous. It's obviously going to be a torn up contract if he goes somewhere else because it's $26 million on the oh. cap hit next year. So if you trade for him on the Chiefs side of things, you get him this year for cheaper than the $9 million cap hit, probably with the thought that you're going to extend him for a year or two and not and just rip up that contract and not pay it. So I didn't know if you guys like would want him on the chiefs. I would certainly welcome him, but it would have to be for the right price. Yeah. And if for the right price, what is he almost, I feel like the guy's 30, 32, 31. What is he? I don't know. Look it up, but that that's stretching it. Stretching I actually it. think he's, I think he's younger than we think um, because, you know, he's been on, probably because he's been on so many different right. teams, um, but he's, he just turned 29. So he's, it, you know, not even 30 yet, but he's, you know, he, he had, he battled concussions there for a few years, you know, thankfully for his health. Uh, he hasn't had one of those uh, in a while, knock on wood, but thought it was interesting. Yeah. Let's actually take this time. Blaine, good point. Let's talk a little free agency here to kind of break up the, uh, the slate just for a quick second. Interesting that Blaine mentions age when um, there's a receiver that we know has a lot of, uh, baggage behind him on this podcast some good banter back and forth obj turns 30 in like two weeks and coming off a major knee surgery but that doesn't seem to really matter to either of you i'd like to get your thoughts maybe on the obj rumors um maybe i should ask this more or less like what are your expectations for for him regardless of if he is on the chiefs or if he goes to a different team what are his expectations I think that battles a lot about who he goes to, though. I mean, he was bad with Baker, but he was great with Stafford and the Rams. If he goes to somebody, I don't think he'll go somewhere bad offensively because he has the star power to pick where he wants to go, right? I think he's going to be pretty good wherever he goes, and he's going to pick where he knows where he's going to be good. Chiefs, he'd be good. I really do think he'd be good. He's done the ACL before. Chandler, you disagree with me. We had a – I don't know if any of you guys have figured out pod listeners for years. Um, last year, Chandler and I had a massive battle about OG, OBJ being good. I ended up being on the right side of that. Chandler ended up being on the wrong side of that. But in, in retrospect, I just don't know if he can produce again. Johnny, I, w- I want you to mediate me and Chandler's. <laughs> yeah, I think – because I'm definitely in the middle here. I'm not hammering the table for OBJ, but I would welcome him with open arms uh, on the Chiefs. Um the biggest thing for me is that it's obvious he can still play because of the teams that are coming after him. Like chiefs are interested. The reports are that the chiefs are interested. The bills are interested. If you were, you know, if you weren't good, the, t- the two best teams in the league wouldn't be asking for your availability and trying to court you. The Packers are interested. Hmm. The Ravens are, the Ravens are interested. The Rams are interested again. The Vikings are interested. Justin Jefferson's actively recruiting him to Minnesota. So like, do I think that he is the player that he was in New York? No. Do I think he could be a late season addition to this team and have a similar impact to what he did on the Rams last year? Yes. One of the things you could see with the chiefs that could be a problem in January is inability to run the football, forcing you into passing situations, Travis Kelsey double teamed, and then Juju and MVS and Nicole are are not separating. Um, and so you add someone like OBJ, I think that helps. Um, but on that same line of thinking, um, if they don't go for OBJ or add a wide receiver, 
I think that's actually an, and uh, it's indicative of how strongly they feel about Sky Moore, who all the metrics are saying is separating well. I think it's just only a matter of time before he really gets more, more and more integrated into the offense. And again, keep in mind, it's only been six games. Chandler, I got a question for you because you're, I mean, I feel like you have the Chiefs, but I mean, to the T, what they're going to do, what are they going to do? Why'd they open that space up? I, I really want to know what you think they're going to do. Um, you know what? I honestly do think that it, it, it really could be Odell um, because nothing else really makes sense to open up that cap room because if you're going to trade for a guy like Brian Burns, we've thrown out. I know that you're going to have to have some sort of cap room for him in the upcoming years, but you don't need it right now. You can just trade picks. Am I getting that? Am I getting that incorrect? Um, Cause I feel like, you know, no, did they talk- can make any of that work Chandler? Like can make yeah. it like Brian Burns is not getting paid a bunch of money right now at he will. And so I think the only way, the only way the chiefs trade for Brian Burns is if they believe that is their anchor at edge rush going forward how they similarly to how they believed frank clark was that guy they got that wrong but like Karloftis is a, a late first round pick he certainly can be a major contributor to your edge rush but like probably not your anchor of your edge rush that's like a high draft pick or a guy with proven production at the edge rush edge rush position which burns is that guy so i and and Look, none of us know how the cap works. Like, if if the Chiefs want Brian Burns or any of these guys, they'll they'll make it work. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, it's I think, to, but it's to note that the sorry, Johnny, go ahead. It's just really quick. I I actually, as time goes on, I I I don't think Burns is going to be the guy. Like, I think the Chiefs would be more inclined to trade like a middle round pick for somebody like Robert Quinn from Chicago to add. Cause look, what's the track record been over the last few years of Brett Veach? He's added an edge rusher late in the season. Melvin Ingram last year kicked ass for the chiefs added late in the season. Um, so the year they won the super bowl, Terrell Suggs added huge difference huge. for this team. Huge. huge. And so, um, and and look like if, if if the Chiefs don't shit down their leg against the Bengals in the AFC Championship game, we're talking about Melvin Ingram being just like Terrell Suggs for this team. So somebody like Robert Quinn, I think, could be that guy or or somebody else. I I don't even know if they'll go receiver, Blaine. Yeah, no, I think you nailed it on the head. That's what I was going to say. Trade deadline is in two weeks. We have to, how many picks? Twelve next year. What the hell do we need twelve picks for? That draft is not that strong. I, I truly don't know that I'm all in on this OBJ train. I think he's just flirting with us. I think Travis is flirting with us with that idea. I think there's a lot that's – we got receivers. We're going to be fine there. And Vita's going to trade for somebody. It might be some corner that we're like, okay, we're going to have to Google this guy. But it's going to make sense by the end of it. And I think they opened it up for a trade. At the end of it, at the end of the day, they are going to do something. I mean, you don't do that just to do it. You're going to do something and and it really could be OBJ, but um, it could just be like a really, it really could be like a solid backup kind of guy too. Right. Like, right. like, you know, we kind of, kind of thin up front of the offensive line. I mean, Wiley goes down, we're putting in Darian Kennard. Chandler though, like, dude, 
you didn't really say why you don't want OBJ. Because, like, uh, I mean, we kind of said we did. Like, why, why are you so anti-OBJ? I want it on the record that if he signs at Kansas City, I, like Johnny, will welcome him with open arms. However, I would be – I guess more of my stance is I am being that shelter of Chiefs Kingdom – that we've signed veteran wide receivers in the past before, and it doesn't work. Um, and OBJ, an absolute amazing talent, and a, I mean a one A receiver, um, but has drama, has a lot of head case issues behind him, and guys like that can derail a lot of shit. Good and take. He's not going to get the touches in the receptions that he would have gotten if he goes somewhere and be, and he's the number one option. It's always going to be Travis. Yeah. I'm not saying that OBJ would come in and derail it. What I'm saying is be hesitant. He comes in, hope for the best, but there is baggage. Juju's getting more comfortable. That was a big thing in the post game press conference. These receivers are getting more comfortable with Pat. Adding one more guy in there to try to get more comfortable might derail this offense more than it would help. That's a good point. Gonna, That's a good point. I'm going to vomit at that take. Nice. Chandler. Okay. And I figured you that, would. That is your – yes, Odell Beckham comes into a locker room and derails things. When that locker room consists of Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield, Odell will not come to this team with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and derail anything. This is too well run of an organization for something like that to happen. And I really think this this is a fun argument. I really don't think it's going to happen because Odell said in the past he hates the cold. He doesn't want to play in the cold. Like that's why he went to LA. Like and he's kind of and, and he's like an LA guy. Like he's not a cold Midwesterner. I don't think he's going to go to the Chiefs. I don't think he's going to go to the Bills. I don't think he's going to go to the Packers or Baltimore. Like, I I could just see Odell going back to the Rams or, like, going to Minnesota. I know it's Niners. cold there, but they play in a dome. They play in yeah. a dome. Or the 49ers. Yeah, like go go hang out with Justin Jefferson, his homie, in, in Minnesota. So, it's it's fun to talk about, but I – I'm preparing myself to just kind of be underwhelmed by the deadline, although I do think something's going to happen. Yeah, that was fun. That was a fun free agent segment. I like that. We'll we'll sprinkle that in as we get obviously probably over these next two weeks as we get closer to the trade deadline. Let's hop back into the slate, boys. That was fun. We're gonna stay in the AFC West. The Los Angeles Chargers host the Seattle Seahawks. A battle on the West Coast. Um, Seattle. I kind of. I'm think I'm flipping that mindset of what we saw on that Monday night game when I have been saying over the past couple of weeks that they've kind of planted a seed or whatever. But I think they're kind of good, guys. Like, not great. They're not going to, you know, they're not some playoff contender. But this Seattle Seahawks team with Geno Smith has weapons. And they can throw the football around the yard. Kenneth Walker, a rookie, they're high on. Um, I believe they spent a big draft pick on him. He's, you know, he's the number one guy now. Um, this defense is no slouch, in my opinion. I know they gave up 45 to the Lions, but I really like that uh, defensive end. Owusu, is that his name? I, I don't remember if I had that right. I hope I've had that pronunciation right. I feel confident in Owusu, so I'm going to stick with that. Seattle, going to go – couple miles south to L.A., and they're going to give the Chargers a game. And let me tell you, 
Chargers offense, I know they're going against a good defense and a better defense in Seattle's. What did they do that really impressed you on Monday night? Not that much. And Johnny already alluded to the defensive stats and J.C. Jackson getting benched. Really, really curious to hear what you guys have to say about this Chargers team. It's such a big deal for Chiefs Kingdom. But I'm going to take Seattle plus the points here. Chargers could win, but Seattle makes this a close game, Johnny. I was hoping you would call on Blaine because I want to hear what he says about this. I'm with you, though, Chandler. I'm going to go Seahawks here over the Chargers plus six. The Seahawks are dangerously close to being in the Johnny Rowe Seahawks territory. I mean, dangerously close. I bet on them two weeks in a row. A lot of – I can't remember every game this year, but um, the majority of the the weeks this year I have bet on their side of the points. Um, It's been fun. And last week was awesome. I mean, being home dogs um, was ridiculous. So – uh, I, I like him as road dogs here. Yeah, the travel is not a big deal. I think Brandon Staley is a clown. I like up there with Cliff Kingsbury to have this to have this much talent and these few of wins to show. And keep in mind, like they're four and two. It's just not an impressive four and two. They're tied with the Chiefs with the AFC West. Chiefs have the tiebreaker because of the head to head record. But anyone who has watched football this season would admit that the Chargers have been underwhelming and um, I I love the Seahawks here I would be interested in looking at what the money line is right now it's got to be plus 200 if if not close to it Blaine yeah god dang it I'm going to take another favorite and I'm going to take the Chargers oh oh no 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 it's it just it just when I look down to it what the Chargers want to do is the Chargers want to be able to throw the football that's what they want to do they're the fifth most fifth most passing touchdowns in the NFL and who's gave up the most passing touchdowns in the NFL and the bottom half the passing yards in the NFL the Seattle Seahawks They've been bailed out by Tariq Woolen, a phenomenal rookie, four INTs. That's flipped some games for the Seahawks by getting some of those turnovers. I mean, it could happen if Woolen has another pick. If Seattle has another miracle to turn over a, a passing offense, but I don't just I'm I'm not I, I'm not gonna see it here. I think the Chargers win. I think the Chargers might win handily. I think they might get right. And I Frick, dude. I mean, one, I said Frick. Rick? Shout out Kirk Cousins. One, two, fuck. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, I'm picking all favorites this week. I'm horrible, but just watch it happen. Keenan Allen likely out this week again. Um, Gerald Everett and Josh Palmer, DNP today. Obviously, the offensive line is an issue, again, for the Chargers. And this Owusu guy, like you were talking about, Former Charger, going to have his ears pinned back. Tariq Woolen on Mike Williams. It's just going to be how much can the Seahawks limit Austin Eckler, which is a very tall task to do. Um, just the plus six. Just, oh, That's it's just so enticing. That's just all those considered. It's super enticing. Uh, Tyler Lockett was a DNP today on the Seahawks side. Monitor that because he's going to be a big factor in this game. I just I think this is actually, you know, I'm with you, Chandler. I thought the Seahawks were terrible. They're obviously way better than anyone thought. And uh I think this game is actually gonna be a blast to watch. Yeah. Also, it will be. I, I said how bad the Seahawks pass defense is. I'm looking it up right now. 32nd 
in rush yards allowed, 29th in rushing touchdowns allowed. Like how the how the hell are they winning some of these games? I, I they can score. Not, their defense is not good, but they can. I mean, Gino, what they can score, and the see the Chargers defense has been really underperforming. This what game the hell? is sick. It makes no sense. The Seahawks make none, zero zilch sense. Chargers Your wrong. Staley sucks. Brandon yeah, Staley you're wrong. The Chargers maybe stink. I think. Yeah, they might. And you like you like Brandon Staley. What the hell are you talking about, son? <laughs> no, he sucks. Wow, that's a week six flip. Picking the Chargers I've every week. I've seen enough of that. I've seen enough of that. Woo! The show's hot tonight, boys. I love it. Moving forward, Sunday night football. We're going to skip the Chiefs game. We'll circle back around as always. Sunday night football. Interesting matchup. Pittsburgh at Miami. When's the last time a Sunday night football game has been in Miami? Johnny's waving his hand in front of his nose. He's right. This could be a little stinky. Um, don't really understand why Miami went with Teddy Bridgewater last week. Or, excuse me, starting Skylar Thompson over Teddy Bridgewater. Because Teddy Bridgewater came in and was fine. Um, and they had the Vikings, which, good God, Blaine's lucky they're on a freaking bio. We're not going to be waste my breath on that team. But um, You have five and one Vikings. Go ahead. Teddy Bridgewater threw all over the yard. I think that continues against Pittsburgh. I th- I do think that TJ Watt is close to being back, not back this week. Dolphins, too good offensively, in my opinion, with Bridgewater. I like Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I think they're too much for Pittsburgh on Sunday night. Blaine? I mean, it's seven. Like, they're, again, like, I, I want to pick Miami here, but it's seven. I mean, Steelers with – that's the weird thing about the NFL. We had excuses about the Chiefs with their banged up secondary, the reason they lost to the Bills. But the Steelers had four of their best defensive backs against Tom Brady and beat Tom Brady. What the hell is going on? And you get Teddy Bridgewater at home. I don't, I have no idea about this game in any meaning by any point that what is the Steelers defense going to look like because they look good against Tom. Are they going to look good against Teddy? I, I don't know. Like, I seldomly throw my hands in the air about a game, and I'm throwing my hands in the air about this game because I have no idea who either of these teams are. I have no idea who the Fal- or, or the Dolphins are with Teddy. I have no idea who the Pittsburgh Steelers are right now. I'm staying far away. I, I'm sorry to not give insight. Um. So, yeah. Satua is expected back in this game. Chandler, the reason Teddy was this the backup to start that game, and it was Thompson, was it's just because the it's the classic overreaction from the NFL, right? Tua has that horrible injury on prime time fencing pose, um, so obviously he's been out longer than he traditionally would be in the history, and not you know. I'm not saying what's good, what's right, wrong, good, or bad, but then the next week, the NFL overcorrects. Teddy goes down early in that game with what they think was similar to a concussion or wobbling on the field, and he was totally fine. He could, he passed protocol and could have come back in that game, but they didn't let him because Miami's being so heavily scrutinized. So that's that's why Teddy started as the backup. I think like Miami is just like trying to save face. It's like, it's honestly kind of like, it's so stupid. It's like who can be the most PC um, in the NFL, which is so ridiculous. So Tua is supposed to be back. 
What we need to monitor on the Pittsburgh side is if it will be Kenny or Mitch. I think it's going to be Kenny. He was a full participant today, but he did have a concussion um, last week, and Mitch came into the game. So I I think it's going to be Kenny, and I'm taking Pittsburgh plus seven here. Tua or Teddy, I don't feel comfortable against a Mike Tomlin defense with them covering the seven. I bet I bet on the Buccaneers money line against the Steelers last week on a big line because I I don't I didn't even trust Tom Brady to cover that spread against this proud Steelers team. So uh you know the Bills covered a big line against them a couple weeks ago, but I I can't do it here. And I'll go Steelers um who are getting Minka Fitzpatrick back this week. Love it. Monday night football. Chicago Bears go to New England Patriots. And what is up with New England? They can score the football, uh, and they're playing really good defense, guys. Um, Billy Zappi, I don't know how you guys feel about him, but I'm kind of bought in on this guy, unfortunately. Um, I don't see how Chicago scores. I don't see what Chicago does um, defensively to slow down this offense, in my opinion. I really like Ramondre Stevenson. I think he's a great running back. Um, big fantasy guy, too, right now. So, um, I think it's kind of weirdly clicking in New England for whatever reason. We had a lot of doubts, but, guys, I don't think the, I, I don't think I have a lot of doubts right now. I think they're kind of, as of right now, they are really locked in, and they have a very easy schedule, as we've pointed out um, several times. So, I think New England is big here, big time. Johnny? Yeah, Blaine nailed the Ramondre thing before the season started. Good job there. Uh, I took the advice and got him in. I'm in three season-long leagues. Got him everywhere, and he's been amazing. Um, Two touchdowns last week. Week before that, like 160 yards. Uh, He's their guy. Zappi's outplayed Jones when Jones has played. I don't know. To me, they're pretty much like the same guy, and that's what New England wants at quarterback for them. Um Here's my biggest takeaway from this game. And I'm speaking to the NFL directly when I say this. Stop putting the fucking Chicago Bears on primetime. Please. I mean, please stop putting the Chicago Bears on so many primetime games. I know it's the Chicago market, but but it's it's so painful. That game that they played against Washington lost 12 to 7. Could not believe the Bears lost that game, and the way they lost it was so pathetic. But that's just who this team is. Please stop putting the Bears on fucking prime time, for the love of God. I'll take New England plus eight. I don't even think Chicago's going to score a point. Yeah, that it's just like when you look at this, New England and the Bears, they both want to do the same thing. And, I mean, for the love of God, you got to take Belichick. I mean, by any means necessary. The Bears' rush defense – has allowed the, you know, I mean, arguably the worst rush defense in the NFL. But then I'm looking at their stats. They have one of the best pass defenses in the NFL, but that's probably likely of the teams that they've played so far. So throw the stats out the window. You look at what the Patriots want to do. I just kind of think it falls into their hands. It's a lot. It's the reason. <laughs> it's it's the right reason for Vegas because, well, I, th- I think the Patriots are going to win this game pretty handily. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, but. I I don't want to bet this. Yeah, kind of a stinky Monday night game, in my opinion. I don't want to bet it either. I have to bet it. You're right. Yes. I'm going to bet it. 
Ramondre. Thank you, Johnny. Great. Thank you for Ramondre. I mean, I've been riding him. He's he's starting in multiple leagues. Damian Harris has been banged up, and he's been really, really good. I think he can be one of the best rookies, rookie of the year candidate right now on offensive side of the football. Let's circle back to the best game of the week. The Kansas City Chiefs travel to the West Coast to take on the San Francisco 49ers in what is now a very pivotal game, in my opinion. Um, just this game, in terms of record, Chiefs go into a bye the following week. It would feel 20 times better, and we'll have a 20 times better show if this Chiefs team is 5-2 and two at the bye. Um, and their opponent doesn't get any easier. Some of these teams are getting these favorable matchups, and the Chiefs just continue to get these tough matchups week in and week out. And you know that the Niners are going to be fired up. Charvarius Ward in San Francisco now. We already know about the Super Bowl. Um, there's some disdain probably, I would imagine, still lurking in the Bay Area. What a difficult assignment for this Chiefs offense and this Chiefs defense and this Chiefs team to go in to Levi Stadium and take on this Niners team who was just embarrassed by the Falcons on the road. Um, I think this game is infinitely more difficult due to them losing last week than it had, would be if they were uh, had been victorious in Atlanta. Both teams coming off a loss. Both teams desperate. Um, it's going to be an ultimate challenge. Ultimate challenge on Sunday afternoon at 325 on Fox. Uh, Johnny – I, or I don't, we lost Blaine maybe, but Johnny, we'll start with you. Maybe just your thoughts on the overall game. And then we can kind of get in on either side of either side of these, this matchup here. Yeah. I'll just quickly talk about the injuries on both sides, just to kind of set the the, the tone um, on the Kansas city side. Um, Joe Tooney didn't practice with an ankle sprain. I remember seeing him go down in the Bills game. He played through it, and he'll be—he's going to be fine. Andy Reid sounded optimistic about him, so I, I don't expect Joe Tony to miss. I think he'll be totally fine. Uh, there's a guy I'm not familiar with this guy on the Chiefs, but his name's Mike Dana. Dana, uh, he's—they think he might come uh -huh. back too. I'm not really sure who that is, but uh, Mike Dana's supposed to be back. The guy who I don't think is going to play is Rashad Fenton. He didn't practice today, but. Shad's had a tough season, so um, we'll move on from that. On the San Francisco side, they're still banged up, guys, but they are getting healthier. Uh, the DNPs that did not practices for San Francisco, uh, Eric Armstead, Samson Ebucam, this this next guy, Talanoa, I don't know how to say this, Hufanga, looks like Troy Polamalu out there, and they really like him, but he didn't practice with a concussion. Mike McGlinchey and Charvarius Ward. Charvarius hurt his groin, guys, and there I read some of the beat writers, the, the verified Twitter hashtag sources, and there's like a real chance he doesn't go in this game. And you know he wants to. He's going to do everything he can to go in this game. But even if he does, I think Charvarius is going to be limited to some extent. And um, He's had a really good season so far. He's, he's a good player. Bosa, Jimmy Ward, and Trent Williams all logged limited practices today. Dude, if they can get Trent and Bosa back, that's such a huge boost for them. Trent Williams is like football porn, and Bosa is just a beast. So I think this matchup is going to be amazing. Um, and the Chiefs have got to win this game, guys. They, this is such a huge game. 
You win this game, you go into the bye at five and two, coming out after the bye, not to look too far ahead, but you started off home versus Titans, home versus Jaguars, then you're on the road against the Chargers, and then you're home again after that. So theoretically, including the bye as like a stay home week, after this week, four out of the next five calendar weeks, you are not traveling to play football. This is a massive game for the Chiefs to really right things after a loss last week, and uh, I'm super excited. And I think they'll get Will. I think they'll get Willie Gay back too. Yeah, they get Willie Gay back, and that's going to be huge for what the 49ers want to do on the rushing side of the football. I mean, you you've seen some of the stuff that's come out about Nick Bolton, which you know I. I don't know if I agree with him being bad against a run last week. You see Mitch Morse is the best center in football, besides maybe Kelsey and two others. They game plan against Bolton, and they forced Bolton to be good when you got Darius Harris and Leo Chanel next to you. You get Willie Gay back, and you get those two linebackers. What does San Francisco want to do? They want to run the football. They're not good in the, in the air. So can Kansas City stop the run? That's all this week comes down to in my mind. Make Jimmy G – do something. You saw it in the Super Bowl when we beat the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. Missed that long pass. Missed quite a few passes. That's how the Kansas City Chiefs won. The Chiefs secondary is the worst statistically in the NFL. They're giving up the most passing touchdowns, the most passing completions, and teams are throwing it across the yard against the Chiefs because they know they're banged up and they know they're bad. 32nd in the league in all three of those categories. That kind of plays into... What San Francisco doesn't want to do, they don't want to throw the ball. They want to run the ball. Can Bolton, can this front be good? That, that's all this game's going to come down to in my mind. Yeah, uh, this game in my mind, that's a good little segment there, Blaine. This game in my mind comes down to the trenches. This game is one up front of both sides of the football this week. Um, yeah. I love, I mean, we know what Patrick can do if he has time. We won't spend much time on that. But on the defensive side of the ball, Guys, the past few weeks, th- these freaking offenses are just road grading our interior D line. And I know we yeah. keep raving about the guys up front, and I like Colin Saunders too. And I'm not putting all the blame on him. I put a lot of the blame on Derek Naughty. When is the last time you yelled his name on a Sunday? I I can't remember it at all. And both of them are really just kind of getting mauled right now. And like Johnny said, they get Trent Williams back. It's not going to be easy to stop these guys on the on the ground. I mean, they're either going to line up. We haven't even mentioned Kyle Juszczyk yet. The Raiders had a lot of success using a fullback. So what the Bills do, they implemented a fullback. So what are the Niners going to do? Oh, wait, they already play with a fullback. That's another offensive lineman coming downhill at these guys. This interior D-line has its biggest test of the year, I think, in my opinion, even more so than the Bills, because the Bills kind of had to adopt that. They really haven't been using a fullback very much. They saw that on film the week before and implemented it. This is the Niners' DNA, guys. And this is the Niners' defense is really good. What are the Chiefs offensively going to do here? Like, I had no idea how we're going to attack this team. Yeah, You see Charve out, you see some of their secondary, you see guys banged up, but – I'm not worried. That's a completely horrible word per Johnny Rowe uh, about the Kansas City Chiefs. But what? how do you see this Chiefs offense being successful? I, re- I really don't know what this week's going to look like. 
Yeah, Johnny, give us some, give us a little positivity here. Blaine and I kind of went a little negative, and it needs to be said, but uh, you're always good about boosting morale. So bring us back to life here. Well, I think the Chiefs are going to run the shit out of the football too. I, 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 and I think that's why Vegas has this total under fifty. It's forty-eight and a half. Just, just from games in the past, like I think that the Chiefs, 49ers will be a total over fifty. So, um, like. Okay, so here's – that's not the question I was planning to answer. But I, the positive thing that I'm going to say here <laughs> is that I think the Chiefs actually match up well against the 49ers. And I think that the – like Blaine was saying, the, the Chiefs' defense matches up well against the 49ers, and the Chiefs' offense, I think, matches up well against the 49ers. So I, I, I just I, – I really like the Chiefs in this matchup. And uh, I'm going to make a flag plant here because the running is going to be a concern. My flag plant is I think the Chiefs are going to activate Danny Shelton for this game. Oh. I think Danny I think Danny Shelton, because I agree that the running, the success teams are having running the football is right up the gut. Derek Naughty stinks. I mean, he is crap. And – Colin didn't have a great game last week, but I still have liked what he's done this season. I, I, can't, I can't in good faith say the Chiefs missed Tershawn Wharton that much. Like, that's why Devin Singletary had success. Um, but I just think Willie Gay being back with Bolton gets them back on the right side of things defending the run. The 49ers are going to have some success running it. You just can't get killed by it. And I think – I want them to activate Danny Shelton for this game off the practice squad to be a big body right in the middle and take up space. And um, I'll make another flag plant too. Sky Moore gets his first touchdown. Hey, Sky I Moore. love that. I I think I think that sorry, Blaine. I think that this Chiefs offense is more than capable of running the ball, but. I think that this game. I think this game is just like the Tampa game. This game's on Patrick, and prior to this, prior to having him as our starting quarterback, I would have never been this confident in a guy to go in to San Francisco and win us a football game. My Chandler Collins key to the game is Patrick Mahomes. He has to go out there and he has to deliver. He has to wipe away any of this stupid – I mean, it's crazy how good he is because he throws two interceptions and all of a sudden he's like, you know, a, a back-to-the-gunslinger, like can't take care of the ball. Like, good God, he threw two picks in an NFL game. Like, that, the rarity that that happens, that's why it's so magnified. So I really look for him to get back on track here. I think he matches – I think he gets Travis involved early. I think that – I really like that Sky Moore take, Johnny. And Juju and Marquez, they seem to have a pretty good rapport right now with Pat, too. I think that this Chiefs offense can really attack them. I really do. Yeah, I agree. And that's a point I was going to make, Chandler, is I'm looking at San Francisco's schedule. Their defense has been so good. But let me go down the schedule here of who San Francisco has played. Chicago, horrible offense. Seattle, okay, they've been okay. Not great offense. Denver, horrible offense. Los Angeles, Horrible offense. Carolina, horrible offense. In Atlanta, they lost by 14, who doesn't have a great offense, but they scored 28 points. Kansas City is far and away the best offensive attack that this 49ers defense has seen all year. I mean, and it's not even a contest. The Chiefs might be able to put up a lot of points here. 
That's a really good stat, Lane. Really well done. Um, anybody have any final thoughts, John? If you have a final thought here, well, I, with the buy coming up, I I'm curious if they'll activate McDuffie here. I don't know how they view that. I want him back out there, even like. You know, I don't know if they're like, well, we should rest him and get him super healthy for the stretch run. I think if he's healthy enough, and it seemed like he was almost healthy, he was healthy enough really to go last week. Get him in there for a few snaps, like, or maybe more than a few snaps this week. See how he feels, and then he's got his feet wet going into the bye, not coming back. You know, have, having not played since week one, and then it's week nine, and you're playing. So. I, I want McDuffie to play here, and, um, you know, earlier I said I think the Chiefs are going to run the football, uh, run the shed of the football. You know, to me, that means, like, like 20 good rushes. Like, tw- So I'm not saying they're going to run the ball 30, 40 times, but I mean, like, they need to run the ball, like, 20 successful good runs and, like, not be getting stuffed in the backfield on first and ten when they run it, or if it's second and six, not getting stuffed, so it's third and six, like, 20 good runs. And then, we, you know, that does so much. And I said this on the, the recap, like, I, I think, like, Patrick played an amazing game against the Bills, just had two picks. Josh Allen struggled early in the game, but that running game opened things up for him. Um, and made it easier on their star quarterback. And, and the Chiefs have got to do that here because Patrick is so otherworldly. If you can help him out in any way, um, they'll be even that much better. Like, I'm predicting, like, a two-score win for the Chiefs here, guys. I think, like, they could win by 10 points here. Yeah, I like what you said. That for, To your first point, Brandon Ayuk had two touchdowns last week. Maybe is getting going a little bit. But please, one of you, name another receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. Can you do it? Debo like, Samuel. I- well, yeah, of course, Debo, but he's kind of a hybrid guy. But outside of that, what what do they have? You know, and you've seen the Chargers attack, the Bills attack. It just got done with Davis Diggs. This just isn't isn't the test the secondary has seen. So hopefully the Chiefs can, with Willie Gay and Bolton, really try to do something here. Ah, ah, Johnny, are we going to both go down on a double-digit win for the Chiefs? Uh, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm in on it. Well, I'm just shocked that you're going to do it because I feel like I'm the one who's like always super optimistic and you guys are trying to be realists. Like I I'm an optimistic realist on this team. The Chiefs by every by all means here to the point about how good the offense is that you guys were making and and how bad the offense is that they have been playing. The Chiefs should win this game by 10 plus points here. Like anything can happen in the NFL, but like I I'm I'm supremely confident here. And like I've said for some games, if the Chiefs lose this game, I think it's a total failure. Niners got Niners got Rams the week after too. I don't like the look ahead thought, but those are two back to back tough games for for the 49ers. I, I love the Chiefs, Johnny. Let's do it. Um Hell I like yeah. I want to bring back up the Trent McDuffie about playing him or not playing him. I completely agree. And I actually kind of like almost him being on a snap count. Maybe just get him 10 plays because he – yeah, you can get him fully healthy over the bye, but you don't practice over the bye. Like, they're not going to practice very much, if any. So, like, his reps are already going to be insanely limited in that bye week practice schedule. And he's only going to have really one one full game week if he doesn't play on Sunday. So, get him out there. Um, great point. Boys are – we feel pretty confident. I'm not going double digit win. Um, that just scares Come on, the hell out of do me. Do it. 
Do it. Do uh, it. Yeah, no, I'm I mean, I, I like I really like like a seven, eight point Chiefs victory. I really do. I like that a lot more, but I really do feel confident in their ability to win this game. That is not my mindset is we're winning. Don't know how I feel about the double digits, but um let's wrap up the show, boys. Johnny, do you have a final thought for us tonight? Well, yeah, I have a couple actually real quick ones. Whoa. Blaine, you really, Blaine, Blaine, one of the first one is that Blaine saved my opinion of of how he performed on this podcast by agreeing with me on that Chiefs take because Blaine picked the Broncos, Blaine picked the Raiders, Blaine picked the Chargers, uh, and Blaine picked against the Johnny Rowe Falcons. So I wasn't too happy with Blaine right there, but uh, I, we're we're good now, bro. We're we're good because you're you're, yeah. you're on the Chiefs in a big way. So. Um, and that was super fun, guys. Great podcast. Here's the final thought, and it's been the um, the final thought for a while, is that we're going to be on the radio again on Friday. And actually, I've had a lot, a lot more people than I thought listen. Um, you can listen to us on Friday from 4 to 6 doing live radio on 96.9 The Jock here in Springfield. Um, you can stream that online at uh, 969thejock.com. Super fun. Chandler will be on for the first hour, Blaine for the entire show, and we just have a whole bunch of fun there. And uh, the the last takeaway I'll say is, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I hate the bye week. Like, I just I, – I'm and I'm glad we're getting it out of the way kind of early. Like, just for – you know, the team likes having a probably a later bye than this, but I just love the Chiefs so much that I'm already nervous about the bye week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I hate to buy too, but uh, very needed, and it'll be a good time, especially when we go in there five and two. Boys, fun show. Listen to us live on the radio, like Johnny said. Keep following us on Instagram and Twitter. Keep listening. We love doing it. Hope you love listening to it. Blaine, Johnny, talk to you guys next week, okay? Hey, guys. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.